This is where the fun begins. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Can't lose! King Kong ain't got shit on me! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Say my name. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, grab your popcorn, get your snacks ready. It's about to get realish. Today I'm being joined again by my esteemed co-hosts. Uh, to my left, we got the pod father, the OG, the reason why we're all here, my guy Derek Myers. And then, of course, we're also being joined by the GOAT. He's not Tirao, he's Tirado. Matthew Tirado, please. <laughs> I'm really excited about today's episode. We're going to sort of talk a little bit about the stuff we've been watching recently and then just have a little discussion about reboots. There's a lot of talk about a bunch of different series being rebooted, and it, it feels like every two years, right, we end up in this same situation where uh, some of our darlings are getting butchered, right? So yeah. have to touch on that for <laughs> sure. And then finally, we'll get to our feature presentation, which this week is Tetris um, from Apple TV. Uh, but before we get into that, um, let's go around the horn. Just everyone give their socials, obviously off the top. Most importantly, make sure you follow the brand at OTS Media Co. on all social media platforms, as well as OTS Media on YouTube. Uh, make sure you're following. You got that notification bell ting down so that you're always abreast whenever our new episodes are coming up. And then, of course, you could catch me at Negron MMA on Twitter, as well as Chris Negron underscore. That's fair. Uh, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, then let me take this shit off real quick. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Derek, Chris, it's been a hot minute. It has. I'm glad we're back, man. I'm so yes, glad sir. we're back. And you can find me over on Instagram, Matt underscore T29, to discuss anything nerdy related, anything movie related. And of course, I'm ready to get back into it. Yes, sir. Uh, you can follow me at Derek underscore OTS. That's D E R R I C K, the black way to spell it. What's good, guys? <laughs> it has been a little second. <laughs> it's been a lot of a lot of stuff going on, but I'm glad we're back. For sure. It's great to be back. Always missed. And I was really looking forward to doing this episode, too. I think there's a lot of fresh stuff for us to touch on. And Tetris was an interesting watch, to say the least. So I got I got some yeah. some hot takes. I'm interested uh, to hear your, your you guys' opinions on. Uh, but besides that, man, just ready to get right into it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, what you guys been watching? Uh, great question. Uh, I'm glad you asked. So um, <laughs> I think for years now, I've been telling you, Derek, uh, mm -hmm. Chris, I don't think I, I've, I've asked you this, but for the longest time, I've been asking Derek to watch a little show called Barry on HBO Max. <laughs> um, I've been pestering him. Uh, both on the pod, off the pod, still nothing yet. I think we're nearing that point, you know. Yes, um, I'm, I'm about to get into it. I am about to get into it. Um, succession right is coming to an end. Um, what else? Uh, is over. I think a couple of other shows that I was watching is pretty much over. So I'm, I'm about to get into. It's gonna be a nice summer, summer watch, you know. Yeah, a pretty depressing one too. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the end So for to contextualize, like the show was obviously about a hitman 
who wants to become an actor. Um, but that synopsis doesn't do the entire story justice. I think the transition between season two and season three, especially three into four, is you know obviously features uh, quite a bit of comedy, but it also has very gut wrenching and depressing moments uh, in the show, and is is accompanied by some very excellent storytelling, um, very excellent directing by Bill Hader, um, and ultimately just a, a lot of you know interesting characters with their own dilemmas. Um, you know, I, I don't want to obviously spoil in case anyone's interested in watching, but yeah, that's what I've been into. And the other thing is, uh, there is a show that you wanted me to see, pun intended. Um, I watched the first season, uh, oh, see. a week or two ago, yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, what did you think? Um, so it was decent, I think, um, a bit overhated in some respects, but I think there are so okay. many narrative problems where I think. You can say like certain things could have been resolved if characters decided to do something episodes before. A prime example, spoiler alert, when I like the twist of uh, Magra, uh, okay, Baba Voss's yeah. wife being of uh, of royalty. But if you recall, before the uh the alchemy were forced to, um, were being pursued by um the the general and his men. All Magra had to do was literally pull out the bell in episode two and literally tell him who she was to save everybody. Like, there's no logical there's reason so... for why she just kept that secret in when she could have just, at the very least, revealed it out of purview. And there's a lot of moments like that like in, the, in the show where it's like, you know. But... Let me put it like this. Uh, Stuff will be revealed in season three. Mm. Okay, so don't 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 like don't mm, don't sour on the show for those blanks. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah. Some 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 things will be filled in for you a little bit later. Um, that I think will tie it together a little bit for you. It's yeah, very, very well, very well done show. A, a lot of great sequences, though. I think, um, I yeah. think back in episode four, where um, they're on their way to, um, the Lavender Road, um, mm. and they're ba- they're basically like, uh, I forgot the general's name, but like his men were like swishing around those ropes, mm-hmm. um, and I really like that how Sabawa was sort of like very silent. And it's a very like tense scene, obviously, and then one of them ends up getting struck by by the rope, and then gets pulled into the water, and the others do so. Let me ask you a question, real quick. What's up? The fight choreography. Because I told you, to me, the best fight choreography I've ever seen uh, is between Daredevil, the series, and uh, C on Apple TV. Based on the first season that you've seen, can you agree with that? Fight choreography. I mean, it's definitely up there. I think I have to like look back because I, I honestly, if I, well, because honestly, the, the action, action stands out because I really don't think there's. I, I'm assuming season two, season three is when it becomes more action packed, which I, I didn't oh, go into the season show. Two, season two, yeah, crazy. Season one, Dave I know Batista's um, in it, so it's. I I do remember hearing about that. Yeah, I think yeah. um, 
I don't think he plays his brother, right? Because I know his brother was. I'm not saying anything. I can't confirm what. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think the action was definitely. What I appreciated too is that, oftentimes you have a lot of cuts. I think we talked about this, uh, both all of us about. Um, you could tell when a director doesn't have much experience with with action, mm-hmm. in this show, um, and for all I know, maybe some of the directors never did, but they do a really great job of, um, of having zoom ins of really following characters around so that we actually mm-hmm. see all of their movements. Um, even a lot of the dialogue sequences are shot that way. Where I mean, you have characters, you know, saying ten plus lines of dialogue. Mm-hmm. in a single frame and then yeah. they cut away so i appreciate mm-hmm. that aspect of filmmaking it made the this show feel more intimate and grounded in a lot of ways and i also think as well because since all the everybody is blind in the world um you very literally have to like there's more of an emphasis on their emotions because we as the audience need to sort of you know um see how they're responding to things and and, and everything like that so I, I appreciated a lot of filmmaking aspects in the show i think the choreography yeah. was pretty pretty decent too episode three in yeah. particular where um his son was captured by the slave the slave hunt mm-hmm. the slave oh, hunters yeah yeah, yeah 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 um i saw my mom the scene and she she was like oh my god stop stop like what are you doing and i was like the show is brutal. yeah it was rough the show was um I, I will say i'm looking forward to season two i think sort of my grace with the season are going to be improved but in general though i don't think that the the response by critics was warranted i think they were being way too harsh and honestly mm-hmm. like you know i have my i have my gripes but all that can be resolved within another two seasons i heard the next two seasons are you know like top tier television yeah. you know so i look forward to it sorry i took up a lot of time but <laughs> gruesome it's gruesome i will say that chris what you've been watching bro I just got to say off the top, I love me a good on-air guilt trip. That was a pro move right there, man. You just got to dig it in. Hey, remember when I told you, you know, you got to check that out. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking that out, too, now that I also have access to Apple TV. Uh, so that that should be dope. Haven't even heard yeah. of that show besides you t- mentioning it to me. Like, I hadn't heard mm-hmm. any buzz besides it. So uh, looking forward to yep. checking that out. But lately, I've been doing a rewatch, right? Sometimes, Sometimes you get... You get settled in. You want to watch something again, and this time I'm I'm watching it with my girlfriend, right? So it's always a a fun little uh storyline to go through. Um, we're watching Death Note again together. I don't know if you guys have ever watched that anime mm-hmm. animated series, uh, but definitely check it out. I think it's uh, a really well done story, like very complex. And if you're into sort of a a who done it and sort of trying to figure out, right, like a a the best way I could describe it is the entire season is basically like a a detective on the heels of this mass murderer and trying to figure out how they're doing this and, and trying to figure out how to, to put it to an end, right? And just mm-hmm. the battle of wits where you see um, each character's brilliance, right? The, the, they're true foils of each other, good and evil, all that good stuff. But uh, just a really good, well-done story. And the fact that it's animated sort of comes secondary to me. So please, mm-hmm. since both of y'all haven't even checked it out, please check out Death Note. I believe it's uh, still on Netflix. Uh, one of the best uh, shows that I've ever seen, period. Uh, not even just animated. And it's a short one, right? It isn't too long uh, to get into. So love me some Death Note and been having a blast watching it again. Oh, yeah, I'm, I've I've heard about that. I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, 
the premise of the show really quick just just so you could get an mm-hmm. idea um yeah. they the main characters was randomly sort of walked upon a journal that he found and throughout uh writing some things down and some testing after he realized the powers of it comes to the understanding that basically how whoever he writes in this book and to whatever specifics he writes in this book uh these people will literally die according to what is written so that that's why it is called death note um and the ways in which he explores sort of the parameters of this death note and his intentions for using it how those things change over time uh just such a cool show that really uh makes you question a lot about uh humanity and um almost like what what you would do if you you would be in that position right so yeah. Uh, pretty pretty cool uh, concept, and I, I think really well executed. Do not, please, do not watch the live action movie though. Uh, that was a shit show to say the <laughs> least. The animated series is where it's at. Most definitely, I'll check that out for sure. Oh yeah. Um, I've actually so uh, Mariah and I've been watching. Um, she got me started on Jane the Virgin, which was originally on uh, the CW. I had heard about it, but I never really like paid attention to it. I was like, oh, that, no, I'm not checking that out. And a couple of, a couple of months ago, she uh, she convinced me. She was like, no, this is a good show. You need to watch it. I am hooked. I I, I am hooked. And this is I was trying to think back on the last time uh, I can remember a show being uh, maybe like I think it's like twenty episodes per season or something like that. I can't remember a, a show within recent time that that did that. Um, so it kind of like it kind of threw me off because I think the episodes it's on Netflix, but I think the episodes are around are like roughly like forty five minutes, forty five to fifty minutes. Um, so I can't remember another show doing that uh, like in modern day times, you know. So I'm on season two now. Um, I think midway point, and I can't get enough of it. It's it's uh, about a telenoeva. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, uh, like a for those who don't know that it's like a it's like a, a soap opera, um, a Mexican soap opera, and it's so dramatic and overblown and in in various ways in in color and um and um scenarios uh, as well sometimes, um, but it it's uh, actually really uh, intriguing way of telling a story um, that I didn't think I would actually like, but uh, it's something new and different and and kind of refreshing. Um, and I actually find myself kind of like um, captivated and engulfed into the characters where I'm just like I'm literally sitting here pissed off like oh why why would you go and do that you know like like I'm I'm legitimately. Uh, 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 engrossed into the story, um, and it's very interesting. So if you have not watched that, I would I would suggest that as well. That is a phenomenal show, great comedy. Um, uh, that's actually very well balanced between comedy and and a little bit of drama. Um, not much action sequences, but there's it's it's even a little sprinkle of that in there uh, for the action lovers as well. So I I would I would suggest watching that. It's a great show. Great I show. caught the I caught the bug during the pandemic too. Watched that whole thing with my girlfriend oh, as well. So, yeah, really good show, really good show. I agree. Yeah. And and one, 
like you said, that I probably wouldn't have watched had she not have suggested it. And even mm-hmm. when she did, I'm like, eh, do I really want to watch yeah. this? Uh, but <laughs> definitely, definitely yeah. worth the watch. Yeah, very funny, very funny, and very interesting. So I'm, I want to, if it, look, I, I told, I told Mariah, I would love to name my son Rogelio. <laughs> It just rolls. It just rolls. It just rolls. <laughs> Rogelio Myers. It just, you know. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. So uh actually I did want to discuss something with you guys real quick before we get into our um feature presentation. Um I noticed that um uh there was news that came out I think last week about the um you remember the Twilight uh films star starring Robert Pattinson? Um, <laughs> they're they're rebooting that into a series. Um, and uh, uh, Matt, we Matt and I was actually discussing before uh, we started recording that even like you know the Harry Potter, um, uh, series is going to be reboot, uh, rebooted as well. So, kind of want to ask you guys your opinion on that because, like, do you think that Hollywood is? How should I say it? That Hollywood is overdoing it with reboots. Like, do you think that we're it's, it's becoming a bit too much now? Because at first, when I I remember seeing reboots like very sparingly, and it seemed to be like, oh, like like oh, hey, let's see what what this person's perspective would be on the story, and and it was actually pretty fun to see. But now we're seeing reboots of reboots, you know, like within. I'd say maybe like eight to ten years now, and it's so it's so short span of a time um, that it feels as if Hollywood has nothing else to do. Uh, so, do you think that that reboots coming in this uh, at this pace? Let me ask you like this: Do you think it could possibly uh, hurt uh, the film industry because it's not allowing new writers to come in with new perspectives and new stories? It's just rehashing the same old thing, and people, and we're still we're the thing is, we're going to pay to see it. Just look at the Fast and Furious series; like <laughs> we're going to pay <laughs> to go watch it. So why not? Do you think that that's going to end up hurting Hollywood? Hmm. Man, I love a good question that answers itself because I just had deja vu all over again. I don't know if you remember, yeah. but we've had this conversation <laughs> on this show. And yeah. and it wasn't even in response, like like it wasn't this time to a direct reboot reboot. It was just more so like the way these things typically happen. I mm-hmm. I agree. I think there's so many original ideas out there. Um, I, I don't get well, I do I don't get it, but I do, right? Like it makes sense mm-hmm. why they do the reboots money-wise. No matter what, like you said, if you're a fan of the series, you're going to tune in, even if it's to hate watch, right? Like you're going to tune in to find things to be annoyed about, or you're going to actually watch it because you want, you want to be involved with it. Um, I get why it makes sense money wise. It's, it's brilliant, right? It, it, it's a built-in fan base. Like, it's hard to build a fan base for anything nowadays. So if you got something built in to tap into, I mean, it makes Mm -hmm. sense. Uh, But at the end of the day, I don't see the merit in it. I don't see the. I guess the execution of it ever being anything close to the original like that. That's what always yeah. frustrates me because it's almost like we're, we're on a ride that we know how it ends. Right. Once you've been on nitro enough times at six flags, mm-hmm. by the time you get to that drop, it, it hits, but it doesn't hit yeah. the same way it did originally. So, yeah. um, 
in a lot of ways, especially with the series that you mentioned, right? These are these are series you can't really fuck up, even if you tried, right? Like unless you mm-hmm. you are really butchering these things and changing the the story format, right? So I get why they do it. Um, I think ultimately, like you said, it, everything is just going to be really tired. Um, when we talk about shows like Wednesday, I think that's different because it's yeah. not just the same thing or a reboot of the same thing. It's like reimagining an aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I hope that that's the direction these things go in. Um, when when it's executed that way, I think it is more palatable. Um, but just reboots for the sake of reboots, um, terrible. Like I don't know, I don't know if you guys have ever taken theater classes, but I've watched so many renditions of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, trash, yeah, yeah. bro. Tra- yeah. Absolute trash. <laughs> and and you know what the story is. The story's the same every single time, but yet somehow mm-hmm. um they just find a way to butcher it over and over again. So I don't like it. I, I say there's enough original ideas out there to keep things fresh. Um, but it's almost like you can't pass up on it if you're a studio, which sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what you got, Matt? Yeah, I think um Chris brought up an interesting point. Um that isn't um really brought into conversation. That's hate watching. Um so hate watching is like ironically the best thing a studio has going for it sometimes because when you have someone who is passionate or is negatively passionate and they go out of their way to buy it buy the movie ticket go out of their way you know to tune into the disney plus or the hbo max i mean they're you know giving that show or movie a platform to succeed Mm -hmm. and then in turn you know the studio in question is going to look at it and say oh well i mean look at our viewership numbers or oh look how much you know box office revenue you know, we got in the in the first week. Let's go and, and produce more. You know what I mean? Um, and I think like I said this before, and like we we vote for our, we vote for our wallet. I think there's always going to be a market for original movies. You know, and I think oftentimes, you know, uh, not, not you, Derek, and not you, Chris, but like uh, a lot of people on the internet tend to complain that there's you know so so much unoriginal content out there, but yet they're the same people who don't go out of their way to watch something original. Like they're the first mm-hmm. people to still go to the theater and consume another Marvel movie or another fast movie or another DC movie. Like those movies are always going to be around because ultimately they make the most money for the studios. And in the case of reboots and remakes, I don't understand the logic behind it, especially since from, from my perspective, at least I'm not the one making money. I'm the one that's giving them money. So mm-hmm. for me, I don't see the reason why I'm going to you know waste my time, waste you know, my dollars to watch something that's already been produced in the past from a studio perspective because they, they try to say, Oh, it's for the new generation. I mean, the new generation again, is like they have access to everything now. I mean, we, we live in 2023 and you can literally find every single Harry Potter movie or every single Twilight movie online. You go on TikTok if you are still posting the old scenes from the old movies that'll make you want to go and rent the movie or go on the next streaming service. So like, it just feeds it just feeds into itself and it's like you know it gets very complicated in that regard too and i don't know i really don't understand someone a bit like from a business standpoint i i guess i understand like definitely what chris was saying like you gotta sell your merchandise and and everything but it's like i don't know i i feel like it's just a matter of them just worrying that original content isn't gonna 
racking the dollars. And so they just say, you know what, let's just go back to something that we feel comfortable with and hope that they'll help us out in the long run, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, I certain reboots I can, I can rock with. Chris gave a great example of Wednesday. Um, it's not a, it's not a full reboot. It's, it's again, a reimagining. Um, I'm, I'm okay with reboots every once in a while, but when you continue it over and over again, it's it's like it's just it's just almost like beating a dead horse. I mean, uh, take Disney for example; they're doing live actions for almost every Disney classic, right? Like we already we've already known the story of uh, uh, Lion King. Um, uh, Refuse to watch that, by the way. No, it's actually that was actually really good though. Because it, it it kind of it kind of gave a little um uh background on Mufasa and Scar's uh relationship, which now they're about to come out with the Mufasa live action, um which I think will go into that full, that story fully, um which I'm okay with that right again that's kind of a reimagining of of a different you know of, of a small portion of that original story so I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is Moana. Like Moana just came out a couple years ago, and and now The Rock is coming out with a live action Moana. Why why not just do a sequel? And you know for sure, he's the one who came to Disney and oh pitched that of course because Black Adam fizzled out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I get it, I understand it. It's just it makes no sense. Lilo and Stitch is coming out, right? I'm not even sure if you guys seen the 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 first images of of how uh stitch looks but i mean whatever man i'm I'm not into it i'm I'm not into it too much because I, I think we're getting to a point where we're showing that we as an audience don't really care as much as we we say we do about original stories to your point matt because i think if we did independent films would have more would have more light independent writers and directors and, and actors would get more shine in, in a lot of areas that they don't get right now right um so i think that that would be uh it'd just be nice to see more original stories and and, and perspectives because i i'm 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 getting tired of of seeing these live actions and boot reboots and stuff like that you know like i, I don't every once in a while it's cool but every year at this point now we're we're you know, we're churning them out, and I, I don't, I don't, I'm not into it. Peter Pan is coming out, uh, I think this weekend. Peter Pan is coming out, on, I think, on Disney Plus this weekend. So you know, it's it's that's that's another one. You know, we've seen the Peter Pan story multiple times already. <laughs> you know, so I mean, Pinocchio just came out, I think, last year. Um, so I want to see different stories. I I, I like. Um, especially what Disney has been doing, like with you know Coco and um, and like and Moana, you know, like I, I like those movies coming out and and getting the story behind that and Encanto and stuff like that. Like those are great stories. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see live actions for everything. Like I think if you're gonna come out with another movie, come out with a sequel. But also again, I don't think everything needs a sequel. We're we're we, they're coming out with um. Uh, Frozen, uh, Part Three, which I don't think needs to happen. The, the second <laughs> one sucked. 
Um, you have the next Toy Story that's coming out. I'm alright with it, I guess. You know, like just whatever. I don't care. It's not. I don't. I don't think we need it. But I'll go see who is it. it now. Andy's grandson. Like who? Who, I... who is this? <laughs> who is this now? It's um. I think the new girl's name is Betty. If I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, the girl that that Andy gave his toys away to. So now we're following her story. You know, to me that makes more sense in terms of like telling the story to a new generation. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Do I like it? Not necessarily, but I can rock with that. I can I can buy that. But a new generation in the story every every what five years makes no sense to me. What why? Why? <laughs> What's the point? You know. So they're probably not even watching it. Mm-hmm. That's and that's especially the when they're part. so badly done like i've seen a couple of these and i'm not i'm not gonna air nobody out right now but you get yeah. you get like 30 minutes in right and you're like am i watching a fucking porno right now like is this yeah, a yeah. caricature <laughs> of the original mo- like what the yeah. fuck is this so yeah it, it, what what you're lacking in creativity you really have to make up for an execution and a lot of times they fall short there too so it's just yeah a shit show yeah. and even the harry potter reboot is, is so illogical to me um I don't know. Is logical or is illogical? So, uh, f- f- fuck J.K. Rowling, number one. I mean, she's a transphobic <laughs> bitch. I'm just gonna say, all, all right, she's a transphobic bitch. Fuck you. But, um, obviously, like as someone who who's like a fan, who's still like a fan of the series, is like it's disheartening too. Because like, in cases like that, like what more can you possibly do that the movies mm-hmm. didn't? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, there are a few elements they removed, and technically you can expound upon that within a series format. But it you, it's, it reminds me of like I think I told you this, Derek, and I told you this, Chris is like it reminds me of like the new Daredevil series. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, the new series is gonna come out. Maybe it'll be good in its own right, but the original is always gonna be at the forefront of your mind as you're watching, uh, oh, yeah. at least to me. If I end up watching the, the Harry Potter series, that'll probably be the case. I'm going to be like, okay, like, I know what happens. You know, I read the Let books previously. You, you know. Let me ask you about that real quick. Because, like, the, the films, I only, I just watched Harry the Harry Potter series during the pandemic. That, that was my first time watching. Chris, what? I know. What? Listen, my parents didn't let me watch Harry Potter when it was. Oh cool. yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah, not a wizard, I mean, Derek. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I, I I just started. I just watched them um uh, when the pandemic hit, and uh, it was a great great series. But am I mistaken, or were those films not already following those books? Mm, no, they they pretty much were. I mean. So I hate the Half Blood Prince actually, um, and that's only the the movie, because they really like stripped down a lot of Voldemort's um, backstory. I, I just remember like disliking oh, wow. it as a whole. Um, Order of Phoenix stripped out a lot of con- Order of Phoenix. I hate Order of Phoenix. That's my literally my I remember like my least hair least favorite Harry Potter book. So I honestly the fact that it was two hours made me happy so it could be over, um, <laughs> and then. Um, John actually he hates God with a fire because they took out a few elements, so it was a lot of this taking out elements, but it wasn't like 
any significant like outright significant changes off the top of my head. It, it followed all the books pretty closely for the most part. Um, okay. And that's also understandable too, right? Like there's so much, yeah. there's so much things in the book on top of yeah. what, your, what your imagination does to it. Right. So, so I always feel like no matter what, whenever you're remaking or rebooting any sort of um, book, well, I'm, I'm saying remaking, whenever you're adapting any sort of book, it always falls short in that way because no matter how much you, you can actually fit in there, uh, there's always going to be details that were important to character development or important to you as, as the reader Yeah, um, that definitely get left out. So I feel that. Yeah. Because yeah. every season of this of this series, they said, is going to be one book. So every season mm-hmm. is going to follow a different book. So that's where I, I got kind of confused because I'm like, I thought the movies did exactly that. I would have been okay with let's follow Harry's kids uh, uh, storyline and see what, what goes on with that. You know, like that's kind of what I thought we were going to see. And just to be clear, it's yeah. going to be a TV show, like not a, not on movies. HBO. Mm-hmm. That sounds good then actually. I, yeah. I That makes yeah. me more optimistic, right? Because now you have more time to get all those nitty gritty details in there. And you could also just add some shit too, right? Like I know people don't mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but I'm sure if you have the blessing of um, she who shall not be named, uh, you'll be fine. So um, I, I feel like it gives you, it gives you a good opportunity to reimagine things. So I'm not entirely shitting on that one, but even then I just feel like David Radcliffe and and that it's just a, it's a franchise, yeah. right? So no matter yeah. what, you're just sort of gonna gonna be under that uh shadow. And and it suck. It, it just it sucks too, cause like, I mean, I I said I don't, I don't regret what I said about Jackie Rowling. Like that's literally what like literally what she is. You know what I mean? That's what sucks. Is like okay, I hate Jackie Rowling. So like, you know, and I think it's it sucks because like Harry Potter is like such a huge part of my childhood. You know, but I don't feel like knowingly supporting something, you know, like the w- with her so involved. And she's a shit writer too. She's actually not that good of a writer. Like the Harry Potter books, like they're pretty decent, but they they have a, a lot of problems, like a lot. Like I'm not talking about just from storytelling. I'm talking about like from racial stereotypes to to literal like underlying themes of slavery that are mocked in the book. Um certain elements that are like are offensive to, to the Jewish, like it, it, it goes, it runs deeper than that. So that's why it's like all that in mind is like making me like not want to like convince it. It's a, it's a whole thing. Like it, it's really bad. Like it's really, really bad. Um, that I didn't realize when I was reading the books originally, you know? Um, so that's why it's like, why am I like, I'm not going to knowingly like watch the show. Like I like all this going to be in my mind. I'll be like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna watch it and get enjoyment out of it. Like for context, she literally named one of her her first Asian characters something Chung. That was literally the her the first Asian character she named. Like a lot of like problems like that. And Hermione literally tried to stop like a, a like a Goblin Rebellion, who like were facing off against like racial prejudices, and she literally got laughed at in the book. There's really a point like where they laughed at her for trying to stop a Goblin Rebellion. Like there's a lot of moments like that, and it's like it's it's bad. It's really bad. Wow. Yeah. Well, I know she's supposed to be consulting on the series. Um, I don't think she's gonna be like heavily involved, but she will be involved with the series in some way, shape, or form. Which I know she wasn't involved with the video game. Uh, so I, I like that's also kind of like where I was kind of thinking maybe they'll 
bring some elements from the game into into the series or whatever. Um, that's why I was just hoping that if they were going to do this, this would just be with Harry's uh, uh, kid or children, whoever. I don't know how many kids he ends up having, but follow their storyline and see what happens. You know, that's that's what I thought was going to end up taking place, but. I mean, I'm alright with it. I I want to see, you know, if it can be actually can actually be better. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna, there's gonna have a, they're gonna have a lot of scrutiny if if there's even like halfway measure to the to the film. So, yeah, you know. yeah, so, I think that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, like I said, it's just this is like just so many like I like I said, I even I didn't realize it. Like, there's so many problems with the books. Like, I'm not talking about like it's enough for the story. It's just so much that she was getting away with. You know what I mean? Like maybe knowingly or unknowingly, and it's like, in hindsight, it becomes so clear. And it's like, Jesus, like I, I was a kid reading these books for the most part. I'm not gonna realize like half the stuff back then, you know. And now it's yeah. like, all right, like, you know, let's say I watch the series, which I don't, I don't plan on doing it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna, enjoy, I'm definitely not gonna enjoy it for really all those reasons too. Um, yeah. Damn, this conversation got really fucking serious. Um, yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Uh, yeah, man. But, but yeah, I think um, I'm I'm in, I'm interested in seeing where where um, Hollywood goes with reboots because I would love to see them slow down and actually go after uh, some writers that have original thoughts and and original uh, uh, stories and um, uh, better better. Um, um, better ideas than than just reboots. You know what I'm saying? I would love to see that take place, but I guess we'll have to just wait and see what what takes place. You know? Um, but, and I can't uh, wait to see the thumbnail for this video. It's just our faces on that meme. Like, <laughs> fuck J.K. Rowling. All my homies hate J.K. Rowling. <laughs> like, I I need that. I need that thumbnail. <laughs> I'm I'm wishing it into existence right now. So. <laughs> If I had the time to make it, I'll make it. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, all right, so yeah. we're gonna take a quick, a quick break, and then uh, when we come back, we'll get into the discussion of uh, 2023 Apple uh, original uh, Tetris, uh, starring Taron uh, Edgerton. We'll be right back. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy Dwayne from Pastor Ox and Life's a Botch Podcast. I'm coming to you with a real dope advertisement. If you got a moment, can we do that? Peep this. Yo, you tired of that uncomfortable feeling with your undergarments? You, you know what I'm talking about. Like, literally having to adjust so it gets real comfortable in between the, you know, the real safe space. Or maybe just wedgies from it just going underneath, you know what I mean? All that, all that. Let's keep it in 100. Y'all know how I'm feeling. Y'all know how that feeling goes. Well, I want to introduce to you the ultimate solution. Coming from the number one premium and fit athletic wear just for you. I'm talking about none other than Champ Number One Boxers. Champ Number One Boxers is a black-owned underwear brand, okay? They literally specify in giving you the most top-notch, high-quality, premium, adjustable, and fittable, and totally comfortable undergarment wear that is just for you. Not only is it something that you can wear, feel good in, feel confident in, and love, but it's also high-quality, feels good, and on, most importantly, it is definitely 
fashionable, okay? Comes in a different wide variety of so many different styles and themes to these undergarments. Something to make you look good, feel good, and swag real good in the process, all right? So, again, did I, did I get to mention that this is also a black-owned brand? It's a black-owned brand, y'all, so if nothing else, definitely go support that 100%. So, what I want to do is I want to tell you, head on over to OTS Media Co. on all social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you go over, you click the link in the bios, it'll take you straight to the Champ Number One Boxers website. You can check out all their styles, you can check out their bundle deals, you can check out why this brand exists, what it's all about, and trust me when I say you do not want to miss out on the types of opportunities going on right now on the site. Champ Number One Boxers. Make sure you do it for the champ in your life if you ain't already doing it for yourself, champ, all right? Champ number one boxers, make sure you go cop those, all right? All right. Welcome back, you beautiful people. We are here to talk about the Apple TV original film, Tetris, and it is a story of how one of the world's most popular video games found its way to players around the globe. Businessmen Hank Rogers and Tetris inventor Alexi join forces in the USSR, risking all to bring Tetris to the masses. Uh, to the masses, and of course, it saws the great and amazing Taron Edgerton in the lead role. Um, so yeah, I mean, to start off with, never knew uh, the story was a real thing. Same. Mm-hmm. Um, never really was a big fan of Tetris, and never thought that you know Tetris as a whole could you know uh be a good movie um and it turned out to be be quite the case uh at least from my perspective but i'm very i'm itching to hear what Derek and chris had to say you know uh, about the story and and everything like that so let's go ahead and kick so, it off real quick because we had that same reaction can we talk about this first <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you play video I'm games a... right right matt yeah you're a gamer yeah. right yeah, What's wrong with Tetris, you? Tetris is foundational to video game play. Like it's it's I you know what? You know how you can tell someone that actually played Tetris and was actually good at it? Watch how they load the dishwasher. If you can't load the dishwasher properly <laughs> and get everything packing... to fit. Packing that equipment van, it all it all yep. fits together. Yeah. Yep. Pack it. Pack. Oh, we packing up to move from one place to another. Whatever. If you can't fit certain things into certain, like you know, they they were horrible in Tetris. Like <laughs> there is just no way. <laughs> but I I used to love playing Tetris, and I didn't even know what I was doing it when I first played it. It was just it was captivating, and I think that's um honestly one of the that was the thing about this movie that I actually really loved because it kind of brought me back to that place when I didn't know what I was doing when I was playing the game of just like somehow being mesmerized of moving blocks in, in to fit into, into different positions. And um, that's what I, I love that this movie captivated that because uh, uh, when I first kind of heard about it, I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you do a movie on Tetris, um, but I was very intrigued to see how they how they went about this because I love. This is kind of like talking about what we were talking about before, um, before the break, but um, uh, kind of a, it's an original story, right? We've never seen 
the uh, making of of Tetris and how it became this worldwide phenomenon. Um, um, and I don't think I'm pretty sure I'm one of the best majority of people that ever played a game did not know the the story uh to begin with so i loved it i I, I love that aspect of it is being able to see where the origin of something that was so uh simple um grow into something so massive so that's interesting i i, I agree with you i i feel like i have a love hate relationship with this movie for different reasons which i will get into but I think that feeling, right, that nostalgia of, like, experiencing it for the first time came across so well. Like, mm-hmm. just the uh, Ter- Taron Edgerton's character. I'm I'm the worst with names, okay? I'm, I'm just going to be okay. – you, you, you're asking me to remember their real name and then the state. Yeah. It's too much, okay? <laughs> but um, I, I, I was really – like, I really love the beginning parts of this movie, just sort of setting the scene. And uh, they really did a good job of capturing the – the excitement about it because I I'm interested to hear a little bit more about why you you're you're not so hype about it or or didn't have those memories but it is a very fundamentally basic thing right especially when you consider that in today's context but back then uh super ahead of its time and obviously I wasn't a part of that era right I was nowhere near a part of that era uh but it was still a game that the first time I got it just very intuitive and the way like you said the way it makes you think and the way you feel when you get it right like I think that's mm-hmm. what is so rewarding about about the game. Um, mm-hmm. It isn't fun, right? It isn't this particularly exciting, action-filled game. Um, but especially when you're doing things and they're falling into place the right way, and you're seeing things coming the way you need to, like you, you there's a real momentum to that. So I love that aspect of it. I like nonfiction movies, right, where they're trying mm-hmm. to. Um, bring to life a story that is true, right? Uh, but right. when you're doing depictions like this, I think there's certain things that you cannot get away with. Um, and I think m- one of the main ones that really bothered me in this, and I'm interested to hear how you guys feel about this, uh, was the sort of, I don't know what else to call them, the title cards as transitions, right? So level one, level two, level three, oh, level yes. four. Yes. Um, I the graphics look nice, right? I can't, I can't mm-hmm. hate on that. The way they put them there and the way it looks, it's all cool. Eight bit stuff. Right. But mm-hmm. I was particularly annoyed by that because when you're trying, in my opinion, to, to get the story out about something that is true, in my opinion, the last thing you need to do is remove that immersion from the audience. When you're dealing with such mm-hmm. a like heavy topic, the USSR and, and mm-hmm. the way the government was literally, going about handling this man's business for him. Like these are all very dark things. And Mm -hmm. I think the way the story was moved along was very like, I I don't know how else to say is lazy and uncreative. There's so many different ways you can make those same exact transitions without this fake, like, because there is no levels. I mean, there is levels in Tetris too. Right. But like, there is no level to the story. Like it, it, there's no next chapter. It all happened. Right. So mm-hmm. why can't you just let it happen? If you needed a transition, make a transition. Right. Like you don't mm-hmm. need to. Nothing gets me more mad. And maybe this is a film school rant. Right. Maybe this is something about me being a, someone who went to film school. But like. If you put in a title card in your movie 
and for any other reason than being ironic, like you're being lazy. And that's just honestly how I feel about it. So that was something that really took me out of this movie in a lot of ways. I mean, it made all the stuff with his family feel different to me, right? Like I, I just wasn't a fan yeah. of that. I think, and that's why I'm so annoyed by it because I liked it. Like I thought that everything else was good and learning this story for the first time in a way that was unique and original was really cool. I think the villains in this story were really well played. Like I, I, all the people that you're not supposed to like are scummy people that you're like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> he, he did it. I know why you were casted in this one. Uh, Cause you're a real, um, especially like um, Maxwell's son, right? Like Robert, that they got the perfect guy to play his son perfect. and then even even his father too right just the way he comes mm -hmm. off i i think they were spot on as far as making an accurate depiction which i loved and i i, I enjoyed that part of it um but when you do things like that and you sort of take the audience out of the actual story which is what you're trying to get across um uh, for me that just blew mine so I, I i'm interested to hear how you guys feel about title cards in movies Hmm. Derek, you wanna you wanna take that one? Yeah, I never to be honest, I don't think I've ever really thought about that aspect of it. Um I I took it as with with this movie, I took it as um I took it as as show as, as progressing the story through a video game perspective. Like you 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 at the end of level one you face you know, whatever obstacle, overcome it to get to the next level, right? Um, and I kind of saw that playing out through the movie, um, especially with uh, Terrence's character, uh, Hank. I think that it was very interesting that that's how it progressed. So that's how I looked at it. I, I never thought about how you just explained it. And I actually agree with you on that, how how it can be lazy to transition that way, um, especially when when the elements, game elements aren't like in the film. So, for example, with Ready Player One, there were game elements throughout the film to play into that type of transition to make that transition see uh, make more sense. Right. Um, which they didn't have it. I don't remember that have that in that film but if they were to it would have made more sense right this this one didn't have that because you're not like it it that's where i think for me i didn't like it in a different way because those game elements of like whether it's it's uh um sound effects or whether it's um um the way it's shot you know cinema cinematography or whatever it 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 didn't play into those transitions, so those transitions didn't work at all to to progress a story the way the movie would have just done perfectly fine without. I agree completely with you on that. Um, it's just that I, my interpretation of it was a little different because I was thinking about this is this problem, get beat it, get to the next level, beat that problem, get to the next level, beat that. So I I kind of looked I looked at it like that, but. Now that you say that, I I completely agree with you on that. One. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think they could have definitely done without. <laughs> I agree with you on that. They could have definitely done without that because it it didn't it just didn't tie into the movie 
thematically. Like it, it, it just wasn't there. Um, but I think all the other elements in terms of writing and, and casting, uh, I agree. I think everything else was, was very well done, um, very well thought out. Um, especially with, with progressing the story. Now, I mean, I don't, of course, I don't know what's exaggerated in the story or not, um, but it felt like uh, it was, if I had to, like this, if I go to, to research the, the, the story of it, of, of, of Tetris, it would feel as, the way I watched it feels like it could very well be that that's just exactly how it played out. It was very true to the story. So I can appreciate that uh, very much. Um, so I agree with you on that. The, the, the transitions weren't necessary. They just, they, they just weren't. So, yeah. That's and I, it's not like I even hated the graphics. Like I, I I'm not yeah. trying to be a Debbie downer. Like I liked them yeah. for what they were, but yeah. I, I just feel like no matter what the movie is, like if you're really telling a story through narrative, you should be able to find a creative way that's thought out and being on set. Right. Like in my opinion, that's mm -hmm. if you ever see a title card, I promise you that was not in the script. I promise right, you that right, was right. not how they intended to shoot it. Like, I promise you mm -hmm. they just mm -hmm. couldn't figure it out. And they're like, you know what? We need to find a way to bridge this. It isn't working with what we shot. Let's yeah. just throw a fucking title card in. And, and yeah. that just, no matter what the movie is, I'm going to be annoyed about that. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, once again, I ain't trying to be too much of a Debbie Downer because I actually thought uh, this movie was very well done on all fronts. Like nothing else took me out of it besides that. Uh, so I yeah. know it's a little insignificant thing to be uh, harping on. Uh, but man, the worst, the worst. But that's how they opened the film up too, right? Like it opened up like that to transition to him being in this convention center, you know, uh, uh, I guess shopping his game out. and. That's where I, I, I will say that that did throw me off in the beginning. I was like, "What's going on here?" Um, but then I quickly forgot about the about that transition, and I was like, "All right, cool." You know, I get into the story. Um, but I will say, it did take you out of the story for a slight second when those transitions popped up. I agree with you on that one. It 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 is very interesting, but. That's really the only complaint you can have about this movie. I I I actually would not mind seeing um other adaptations of how other video games came into play. Um, especially when you're talking about the nineties too, because that's when we was the early nineties when, when consoles started coming out, like more so. Um I would like to see how that you know, came about where and, and Nintendo took over and stuff like that. And then, of course, you got Sony coming into the play with the PlayStation and stuff. I, I would love to see what that story uh, uh, was as well, because I, I love being able to see how Game Boy came out. That was that was amazing. That, that was that that took me back to my childhood of, of playing Frogger. Right. Like it was just it was very interesting. Very, very interesting. So how did you feel about this, Max? I just went on a, a butchering spree over here. No, you're good. <laughs> Honestly, I think... Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't really... 
bothered to to be honest. I think I kind of watched it on a, on a, on a day where I wasn't in the mood of critiquing anything. So maybe, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I just I over. I think in hindsight though, um, it, it it probably was a bit immersion breaking, right? I mean, we're sort of set in this in reality story, and then all of a sudden we see eight bit characters flying across the world. Um, mm-hmm. I think so. You know, similar to what you, you both said, there could have been more uh, organic transitions. Um, I will say though, I think even though it sort of injected this um you know that video game aesthetic i think one of the effective uses of it was early on when uh hank is sort of um explaining how he came across tetris for the first time and you saw the blocks forming in the back of his head to show how he became so enamored with something i think that was a very um interesting choice uh other than that i i do agree i think you know, you remove the, those transitions altogether. You know, the story can still progress the same, obviously. And, you know, so, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah. Pretty much, and, and the film as a whole, that. right? Like, I know I know, we're, I'm tipping my hand here, but why don't, yeah. why don't you try to start us off on our five-star rating? Like, how, how did you feel about, about the film and where does it land for you? Yeah, I mean... I think probably as as high as a four, but I probably do like a three and a half. I think um, this is a perfect popcorn flick. Um, I think there are plenty of engaging moments throughout the film. Um, you know, I reflect back on how you know the KGB was obviously um, monitoring him as soon as he entered um, um, uh, the Russian building. Um, I sort of I thought that sort of the behind the scenes, um, behind the scenes conversations between him and the company, um, revealing how he apparently stole the rights of Tetris was very compelling. Um, I think the relationship between Hank and Alexi was done fairly well. Um, I think cinematography, uh, I think the cinematography was fairly decent as well, minus a few shots that were. I, there's one shot in particular near the end where you could definitely tell. The actors were in front of a green screen. Um, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those movies that is just, like, very, like, chill vibes. Nothing really, you know, outright wrong with it, per se. You know? It's just... Is it something I'll see again? Probably not, but I don't regret watching it. So. Yeah. 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 Very fair. Very fair. What about you, Darren? Yeah. Um, I think I'll give it a four. I mean, it's it's not. Um, is I I can't complain about it. I don't feel like I wasted my time watching it. I'll put it like that. I felt like like I learned something. I enjoyed the 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 um the story. I enjoyed the acting as well. Um, I forgot her name, but um. The lady that was that was playing his uh, Hank's uh, translator, um, to be honest, and I probably should have seen it coming. I didn't see that twist coming. Um, so <laughs> you know, I I I enjoyed. It. I was immersed. I'll put it like that. I was immersed in into the story, and I and I I can appreciate that. Um, uh, from anything, whether whether it's uh you know any genre that has an original story, I'm with it. You know, so. Um, I'll give it a four. I think I think it was a very solid movie. Very very solid. Movie. I think Taron 
um, is going to be someone that we're going to be seeing a lot from uh, moving forward. I, I think he's got a lot of um, promise. Whether he actually does um, get cast as Wolverine or not uh, moving forward into the MCU, I guess it's it's uh you know we'll 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 just wait and see. I think he would be perfect for that that role. Um, but other than that, I I I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the movie. There's nothing I can't yeah. I can't complain about it too much outside of those transitions. Very very well done. I do want to add something else? I think I'm so glad you mentioned Taron. I think Taron is such a phenomenal performer. Um. And I think if they don't cast him in this role, I won't be nearly as engaged. He has this infectious energy about him, and he has so much charisma that you can't help but that you don't necessarily want to look away from the screen, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely tell that he approaches his craft with a great deal of passion, and um, he obviously works well with let's cold stars as well. You know, there's something about like something about Terrence's presence on screen that is very riveting, and I think um, you even see obviously a lot of the initial scenes where um like for example uh the kgb was blackmailing him and faxed him uh, a picture of him kissing his translator for instance he saw sort of the emotion on his face him sort of lashing out on you know his wife and his daughter um you know basically saying how like how, how do you care like why should i care about some stupid dance when you know like t- touches is everything and there are definitely a lot of like compelling moments um yeah that helped out with his performance so forget i say that too yeah, to continue on that same train, I think I agree with everything you guys said. I hope I'm not being too crazy here by saying this, but I, I feel like I get a young a young Leo vibe from Terran. I feel like he has a, a good edge to him, um, mm-hmm. to to a lot of his characters in general. And like you said, all that all the charisma, everything comes off very well. Um, I think he can play a, a very good range of different roles. Um, and doesn't have to like it doesn't feel like he's going outside of himself either. Uh, so I I I think he's gonna be phenomenal in a lot of other stuff to come. Um, as as far as my rating for the film, um, I think I'm gonna give it a three point five stars. Once again, I'm just being a fucking hater here. I think beyond like just what I said about the transitions, I think a lot of the stuff that took me out too was I felt like. The, some of the things with with his family and some of the elements with the um the Soviet Russia part of it like i felt yeah. like they didn't fully lean into either of those themes because it was almost like you had to like you had to get out a certain amount of information right across the the whole length of the movie so it yeah. felt like a lot of those things yeah made sense the natural progression and how we got there but i still feel like there was ways that that could have been fleshed out better right that it's a natural progression versus a we're literally like once again i'm in the world of show me don't tell me and i feel like a lot of this movie was people finding out things that other care oh, sorry not people the audience us were finding out things that all the other characters did not know and the way we would find out isn't even because we saw it happen it's just literally being told exactly what happened <laughs> and and why it's significant um yeah. so be, personally i didn't like that aspect of it uh but once again being super nitpicky um i agree with everything you guys said as far as it being a good watch i enjoyed it i enjoyed myself and i would recommend other people to watch it 
Um, but once again, this is how being a filmmaker taints you, right? You, your experience yeah. is tainted. Um, yeah. But yeah, three and a half is solid on my on my scale, at least. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed the movie, and I definitely would recommend people to watch it for sure. Yeah, do you think this uh, would have been better as a series? Because I, I had that dog cross my mind when I was nearing like an hour and ten. I was thinking it crossed my mind, but I wasn't sure if any of you guys thought the story would have been better told as a series as opposed to a two-hour movie. It wasn't two-hour movie, technically. That. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I think um, I actually thought the pacing was pretty was pretty fine. Um, yeah, the way it was with the film, I I, I think um more complicated stories because this wasn't a complicated story this was just like bing bang boom like you know <laughs> so i don't really for me i would i don't think it would have played out too well as a series because it's so simplistic you know unless it's going to be like a limited series type of thing when you're talking about like 30 minutes or so per episode um where it's not necessary to um to go too long in, uh, per episode but aside from that nah i i thought pacing pace wise it was it was okay for it was very good for a film very good i i, I was fine with that i i i i think um i think certain writers um do themselves a disservice by writing a film that should be a series or writing a series that should be a film you know i think that i think a lot of writers and, and producers do themselves a disservice because they end up messing up what's a good story by either doing too much or too little, you know? So I thought this was just right, and they, they had the pacing down pat for it for me, so that was good. Yeah. That's a good... Yeah, I definitely didn't think about that either. I think... I can't say I would prefer it, right? Because I at the end of the day, I still feel like it's a good movie. Um but I do feel like they could have been a little more historically accurate as well as um, mm -hmm. be able to expand on those themes and make it not feel as like heavy handed. Right. Like <laughs> it went from we have arrived and you are on a tour. You don't have a visa. You're a tourist um, yeah. to now we are blackmailing your family within like a matter of 15 <laughs> mi minutes. And I, yeah. I understand how it gets there. Right. Especially that time period and what they were dealing with. Like I get it. Um, yeah. but we didn't see that progression. So once again, I, I feel like they could have benefited in that way. Am I mad at it? Not really. Um, I think it works as a film. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's interesting. I think maybe, maybe it could have been better as a TV series. Who knows? But Sometimes that, you tell the story from a different character's perspective per episode. That probably would have been a way they would have gone with yeah. that if they did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but sometimes that under two hour movie, especially, I think lately, you know, all of us collectively, right? I mean, we've been watching TV shows and, you know, close mm -hmm. to three hour movies. I think it's a breath of fresh air to just go and watch something that's under two hours, you know? Mm -hmm. Good mm -hmm. pacing and, you know, don't regret it in the end. So, yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, um, I think that's probably the end of this. Um, <laughs> game over. By the way, Chris switches. The end of this level. Yeah. Get get get, get this get level. The, yeah, yeah get 
get the get the title card in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go ahead, uh, give our socials again, uh, and and uh call it a day. Yeah, it's gonna be uh Matt underscore T29 um uh, over on Instagram. As always, thank you so much for the support. Love doing this podcast with these uh beautiful gentlemen over here. And uh looking forward to <laughs> You know, doing more and more episodes as the weeks, as the months, as the years go by. I really, like I said, I really love doing it. And uh, like I said, appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Labor of love indeed. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter, Negadong MMA. I recently, for sure, right? We've passed the threshold. We have hit 500. Uh, yes, so sir. thank you, everyone. I really appreciate all the all the love and support. Been really feeling it a lot lately. And uh, feels good. So let's keep it going, right? That's that's the only way uh, to look at this. You got to keep going up, right? So uh, thanks for all the support and uh, continue to do so, right? Because it only fuels our fire. We love doing this either way. I do it if nobody watches an episode, right? But when really? we get that interaction from you guys too, and we get to to feel your enthusiasm for it, uh, it only feeds into ours even more. So. Looking forward to hearing your guys' thoughts and maybe even some suggestions, right? We'd love to get some movie yeah. suggestions or TV series for us to watch and get into. Um, but like Matt said, looking forward to continuing to doing that. And then you can catch my Instagram at chrisnegadong underscore as well. Yes, sir. And uh, one day I'm going to get these two on Facebook. Uh, it's the last thing I do. Um, but yeah, uh, you can follow me at Derek underscore OTS. That's D-E-R-R-I-C-K, the black way to spell it. But most importantly, follow the brand. Uh, at, o at OTS Media Co. All social media platforms, OTS Media on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching this, you're already there. So please, if you have not done so, hit that like button, subscribe, hit the notification notification bell, uh, so you get updated when we uh, post new content. Um, the last couple of weeks have been kind of rough because I've personally been out of it. So, um, you know, we're we're bringing the shows back because my schedule is about to start loosening up a little bit uh, with work. So. Uh, you'll see you'll start seeing us a little more frequently <laughs> so i apologize uh for that that just kind of came kind of came out of the blue um how that hit but um yeah especially fans coming out uh coming back we're going to be uh doing a um, episode uh battle it's going to be me versus uh chris robinson uh j cole versus wale so uh we'll be uh, getting the promo out there for that uh really soon uh so be on the lookout for that uh and uh thank you guys again for watching and or listening and we will catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.